Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, an afternoon podcaster and a corner boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, a man who likes to read the rule book and a man who won't get put on the back foot this week. Well, every human, well, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Dan. Very well. I'm looking forward to our listeners thinking that they've got their podcast player set on one and a half times speed because it's not fucking 11 o'clock at night for once. <laughs> Yeah, it's very weird. We're now we're now afternoon podcasters due to uh, due to life changes and things. So God. we'll see how this goes. It's going to be easy for me as well, not having to worry about fucking editing at twenty past one in the morning and stuff like that, trying to get it out for the next day. This is it? God, God bless the coronavirus. Is all I can say. God bless the coronavirus. It's done some good in the world, hasn't it? <laughs> Apart from obviously thinning out the uh, thinning out the crowd, it's uh, given us this opportunity. Uh, so you've you've got to, when life gives you lemons, Dan. What do you want to do to make some lemonade? Let's get into it straight away this week. In a move that hasn't left sports fans as shocked as when Sol Campbell joined Arsenal, <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Hall, in a fucking move where if you gave me 20 teams, I would not have picked the Buffalo Sabres, joins the Buffalo Sabres for one year at 8 mil. Uh, let's start with this question. Can you make sense of this for me? In a vacuum... If you if you really really break down the situation to its bare bones, it makes a little bit of sense. So you've got a team that has an owner who's willing to spend money in order to win. Don't I know you want to jump in already, but don't. An owner that is willing to spend <laughs> spend money. They do have a, a superstar top line center for Taylor Hall in theory to play with. But we'll come back to that in a minute as well. They've got some good young. Young pieces. They've got a good young D man. They've got some decent young supporting players in like yeah, you know, your Sam Reinhardt, your Victor Olofsons, obviously there's Rasmus Darlin, etc., etc. So, and then they've just brought in some veteran depth. You know, depth. They've uh, made you know made a made a gangbusters of a trade this uh, this off season. All of that is very true, but it leaves out the extremely important. Um, oh, what's the word for that? Qualifier, uh, issue? It, it, qualifier oh, okay. issue, but this is still the fucking Buffalo Sabres. I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't agree more. The issue is, is that you'll say things in the past, and they will always come back and bite you in the ass. And Taylor Hall saying he wants to win. Fuck. No, you don't, Taylor. No, you don't. <laughs> you want the money. He said, and I, and I've got plenty of quotes here. It went from me wanting a six or seven year contract to thinking that a one year deal might be better for me financially and personally. That doesn't mention that quote does not mention anything about joining a team that's going to win a Stanley Cup. He just wanted the money, and they were clearly offering the most money. And there were reports that all the teams he spoke to were offering him multi-year deals around five or six, and he didn't he didn't want that. He thinks he, you know he wants more than that. And and that is criminally guess, low for. I'm sorry, sorry I was just going to say that is criminally low for. Imagine imagine if he signed for like six years of six mil, <laughs> fucking mental. But think about this though, right? You can only go off. He's a really good player, right? But are you absolutely a hundred percent sure that that year in New Jersey, where he was, where he won the Hart Trophy, are you absolutely sure that that wasn't just a fluke one-off? And for some reason that year, that was his ceiling. Can you absolutely guarantee that if you don't sign Taylor Hall to a seven-year deal at nine million dollars or something? That within eighteen months you're looking at it going, what the fuck have I done? What have I done? T- turns into Jamie Ben all of a sudden. Yeah, or something like that. 
You you cannot guarantee that. I have absolutely no issue with teams going no. them six at six. I have no issue with that at all. No, no, no. I'm I'm not saying that they're wrong to do it. I would say that oh, he's definitely worth forty five million a minute. Like he, it just based on the market, based on the situation, that would have been insane if Taylor would have signed for six years at six mil. What what he should have done if he was actually true to his word, like we've discussed. Is go to those teams who are offering him six by six, and if he really wanted to win, say, "All right, how about one by six? Yeah, I'll t- I'll take six mil for a year, and we can we can have a little party, see what we can do, see if we can get Lord Stanley above our heads. Try not to catch COVID from uh, from the Tampa Bay Lightning's slobber all over it. <laughs> the thing with, but yeah, like I I, I think you sorry again. I I think you're right to say that he's not going to be as good as his Hart Trophy season. But consistently throughout his throughout his career, he's been worth more than six million. I think eight eight mil is a fair. If you got him seven seven years for eight mil, that's fair market value. That's if he reproduces what he is capable of at his limit. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think even without his limit, he's been worth eight million dollars. I don't. I don't disagree with you, but I also don't agree with you. I'm in a weird. But it would be, it'd be tough. I th- I th- it, it, it would be tough because, like I said, I think that for some reason, like I said, that one year in New Jersey was that just the absolute peak, and it all came together properly. Because this, because well, yeah, this almost, quote, it almost certainly was so. This quote, I mean, yeah, obviously it was. This quote of him saying this deal was better for him financially and personally. Well, that to me means that he all he really cares about is the money. So. If he goes somewhere at six by eight or seven by eight, are you actually going to get that New Jersey Devils Taylor Hall? Like really? Because yeah, or is he is he going to sit back and think? Is he going to oh, think? Oh, thank God, I don't know. got my contract. I'm done. That'll do. And here's the thing. And... Here's the thing that gets me about like I'm going to bet on myself, but I've not heard the counterpoint that I'm going to put across is that if Taylor Hall this year, if Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel together this year are really really good, and he goes out and gets. You know, he's he's averaging more than a point per game. Do you think then the narrative then is then, well, yeah, because he's playing with Jack Eichel. And as we said before, GMs, the majority of them are just fucking stupid. And they'll just look at the points and go, oh my God, and throw loads of money at it. But you could also argue the other side of it, that a GM's going to look at that and say, well, I'm going to make Taylor. You know, it didn't work out towards the end in New Jersey. It didn't work in Arizona. There was times in Edmonton where you were questioned about certain things. And now you've got like, an elite sentiment, all of a sudden you look good again. So why am I going to give you all this money to come and play on my team where there isn't a Jack Eichel? I, d- I don't think that's necessarily fair to say that if he has a good year this year, that, oh, he's just a product of Eichel because he's done it before. Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably got to be the least respected MVP in NHL history, hasn't he, really? Like, <laughs> I, know, I know that he hasn't helped himself since then. But matter of, matter of fact is, he did have an MVP season on his own, basically. All due respect to, to Nico Hishier, but like, everyone argued that Taylor Hall wasn't the driving force and that's why he ended up with the MVP. So I think, based on like the their history of stupidity within this league as well, yeah, like, he, I don't think any GMs have necessarily come to that conclusion. People might think it behind closed doors, but but yeah, I don't think it would necessarily be fair or accurate to think. But it is interesting, though, because like, 
I've forgotten that he's only made the playoffs once in his career because we're not saying this year counted. Because yeah, he didn't make the real he's thing. He's like five playoff games in his life or something stupid like that. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, to sign with the Sabres, it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. None whatsoever. I can't. Other, I've, I've, pulled apart, I've pulled apart some of these quotes as well. Here's oh, a great one. God. That, that's a when great you're... little article, isn't it? How how often? Sorry to cut you off, but how, how often no, do you get the biggest free agent signing? Yeah, you know, of, of of the summer, bar Petrangelo, arguably, but this one is probably more hyped up. Uh, doing not a reveal all piece, but like actually sitting down and speaking to a journalist and and sort of peeling back the curtain a bit on their decision. Yeah, no, it was a, to be fair to him, it was a good. And, Good on him for doing it. A lot of players would not do that, and they would just, no. you know, sit in silence and not want to talk about it. Well, you're not hockey players, like most of them are just fucking about as exciting as unbuttered toast, aren't they? So, at least he kind of went out there and did something about it. His other quote was, and this was again more to <laughs> his decision to join that team. When you're able to look past the smoke that surrounded the Sabers this past couple of years, what does that mean, Taylor? <laughs> that they're fucking awful. Define smoke for us, Mr. Hall. Yeah. The team has not made the playoffs in nine years. Fucking hell. Like it, and you, it just... It is there are teams that... We've, we've seen before, teams can turn things around very quickly. Like I've said, <clears throat> we were only talking about Edmonton the other day and the moves they made. Have they signed world-beating talent? No, they haven't. They've already got some amazingly amazing like you know two of probably the two of the best five players in the world easily you could argue maybe two of the best four or two of the best three so you just want to kind of change things around a little bit get some different voices in there and hopefully that'll lead you to something and maybe that's the same in buffalo like you said they sang okay cody Eakin, is he going to win the heart no of course he's not but he's a different guy in that team who can play you know he can play he can play and that's all you want sometimes mm-hmm. eric stall Played with Jeff Skinner in Carolina. Okay, so now maybe Jeff Skinner actually looks like somewhere near $9 million worth of player if he's playing on a line with somebody he knows. And then your top line has got Eichel and Hall on it. So maybe, you know, maybe it does it does uh, improve next year. The issue is, again, though, is that they're in that division, which is still, in my opinion, the hardest division to try and get into the playoffs. Because oh, it has to be. Yeah, because obviously Tampa's the cup winner. Boston's still Boston with the perfection line. Still a really well-coached, really good team. Montreal's made a ton of moves to change things around this year. Obviously, Toronto are always going to be there because of the, the forward capabilities they've got. And now you've got Buffalo mixed in as well. The way the Metro lines up sometimes, that's so much of a, of a crapshoot that you kind of need to be in the top three in the Atlantic, I think, to you know to, to make sure you definitely... Well, obviously, you need to be, to be guaranteed, but I think you have to try and at least be top four, you can't kind of rely on that fifth spot. You know, you have to be right up there. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the worst of both worlds, really, for the Sabres because you've got you've got what should be three locks ahead of them in Boston, Tampa, and Toronto. Then, like you say, Montreal have made significant improvements. I don't. Th- I think I'd probably slot the Sabres in fifth now that they've got Hull in my you know my my assumptions for for how it's all going to shake out. I don't. I think they're above Florida now. Yeah. Just because Florida, especially the way Florida's being managed at the moment, I don't have faith in them turning it around necessarily. But yeah, even even to be fifth in in what is a very hard division to make the playoffs in, your other it's not like your other one is the big division. 
you're going up against yeah. a team, a division that's got like what off the top of my head: Carolina, Columbus, the Islanders, the Flyers, the Penguins, the Capitals, maybe even the Rangers. Now that's that's six of them right there. <laughs> like the maths does not add up at all. Like I, I can't, I wouldn't bet on them making the playoffs this year at all, even if Paul goes off for another MVP caliber season. Me neither, and that's why I think it's interesting that he he's betting on himself for one year. It's taken some balls to do it because he's he has the, the facts are there that he is taking less money by not signing a long term deal somewhere. He's only getting paid eight million dollars this year. Yeah, I say only eight million dollars, but you know what I'm saying. Only eight million on top of the forty five he's already earned. He is betting on himself that okay, I can lead this team to something. I, I tell you, I tell you what I think is quite clever about this side of the Sabers. It's a it's a win win situation for him, really, isn't it? Are you thinking about the yeah, like flip him at the deadline if? If it's clearly not worked. Well, maybe yeah, I never thought about that. I was thinking purely from like a free agency standpoint. So he's taken his maximum dollars available in theory for this one year on a team where if he does play well and they get the playoffs, fantastic. He's going to be absolutely hot completely next year again. If it doesn't go well, he doesn't necessarily have his best season. It looks a bit like Arizona again. It's still the Sabres. So he's still got, you know, the... the He's still got the excuse of ours oh, playing on the sheet. Like I don't, I don't necessarily think that his performance this year is going to have that much of an adverse impact on his standing in free agency next year. Oh, I think it will. I, I think if, I, I think if the Sabers do what the Sabers do, as they have done for the past nine or ten years, and just drop off a cliff, I think he's, I think he's in the same situation again next year. I think he's looking at teams going. Okay, so this is like three years in a row now, Taylor, where you've not actually lived up Made to Made a difference, heart. yeah. You've, yeah, you've not lived up to that heart. Because here's the thing, every year, the, the players who are in the heart conversation are usually the same players. That's why they're consistently referred to as elite players. It's always McDavid, it's always McKinnon, it's always Dreisaitl, it's always... Even a guy like Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane will still get heart votes because he's still a phenomenal player. He might be on a bad team, but he'll always get heart votes. Yeah, like your Tristan Jarrys and your JT Millers. And... <laughs> yeah. Taylor Hall hasn't had that consistently, which is why I think he is, as you say, disrespected a lot. At, at the moment, it looks like Taylor Hall has had one complete outlying season and no one can explain why that happened because it was on a team that had no business having a heart candidate on it. You know what I mean? So I, I could see if he has another... Even just if he only has a good season, not even if he only has a good season, he I'm I think he's still next year. Okay, yeah, we're looking at six by six, Taylor, six by six and a half, because you've <sighs> you've still not proven that year in year out you are the guy. Great player, great player, and you'd love to have him on your. T- and there might be it might be a McKinnon situation where he goes to a team for six and a half, and in two years you're just thinking, how did they get him for only six and a half? That's that's embarrassing. But right now, like I said. You know, if you say if you say to me who are the ten best players in the league, or even the twenty best players in the league, I don't think I'm picking Taylor Hall just for the consistency. You know, the consistency. Yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll definitely give you that. And and to be fair, this time next year he's going to be well, depending on free, when free agency is after this season, he's going to be knocking you know breathing down the neck of his thirtieth birthday. So exactly. that's another one. And and for him to an extent, are you really going to bet? You know, if you're in this situation again. Where you've got either six by six or one by whatever it is, are you going to take that risk again of taking the the big money for a single year and hoping that you can have a bounce back after you've turned the big three zero? Which is, which I don't think he could. I think next year he has to sign his long term deal because once once that happens, what's weird is, and we'll get onto this with Petrangelo in a bit. 
the narrative is is that at 35 you're basically dead. That's the narrative. It's uh, it's 33 now. Well, yeah. Even though there are players who are still playing now, who in their 36, 37, 38 years are still perfectly good players. They're still perfectly good. Even having careers. Some players like Joe Pavelski, 40 goals when he's played 34. But the, the, the narrative will be that well, you can't sign Taylor Hall to a seven-year deal now because, yeah, it's going to look great for the first three years, but then you've got four years after that where you're going to put yourself into a bit of a problem. Next year, he's got to pick his team and that's it. Like, that's his team. And we'll see next year if he wants to win or not, depending on how he does with the Sabres. <laughs> just to me at the moment, clearly you don't care about winning. Clearly you just want the money. No, and, and to an extent, fair, fair play to him. Yeah, absolutely. But I, th- I think this could work out in a way for Taylor Hall because I, I still reckon if he has a bad year, he'd still get offered that six by six he was supposedly being offered this year. I suppose. So in theory, his what he'll have done is is rather than taking a six by six now and then seeing what he can get after that contract, he's taken his one year extension before taking the the potentially lower money long term deal. Because if he had taken six by yeah, six, there's no way he's getting one year at eight million. He's thirty-five. Yeah, that's a good so point. yeah, we're a weird one, a bit disappointing to to be honest. As, as like a neutral fan, like I'm not, I'm not a Sabres fan at all, but like, yeah, it's a shame to see him go to Buffalo because it because it does reek a bit of a lack of ambition, doesn't it? Yeah, I wanted to see a super team. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I wanted to see. Like joking aside, it would have been hilarious if he'd. I mean, Christ, I, the fucking Avalanche already. Like, we'll talk about them in a minute as well, but. You know the way they've added players. If they like, they get Taylor Hall as well. It would have been just embarrassing. I'd be mental. But like that's you know to go to a a perennial kind of disaster team. Bit of, bit of a shame. It's it's hard to play fantasy GM this year though, isn't it? Because you can look at cap friendly and say, oh, X team has Y cap space. You know, Z team has A cap space. Like we don't know what's going on internally. What the internal situations are going to be so yeah you might be able like Colorado for example. I think they've still got a bucket load of cap space, haven't they? If memory yeah. serves, yeah, but we, for all we know, that they could be maxed out, couldn't they? True, and they and they have they have to be careful, obviously, because of sort of upcoming signings they're going to have to make either next year or the year after. So, I mean, maybe that's yeah. There's there's just a lot a lot to juggle this year when it comes to projecting. Yeah, or thinking, oh, what should have happened? What shouldn't have happened? That's true. We've got to mention it was a it was a very very minor signing for nine hundred grand for one year, but we've got to mention our boy Jimmy VC going to the Leafs. One of our <laughs> One of our classic <laughs> name drops that we always mention. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind it, to no, be I honest. Don't like, I don't either. It would have been better if I hadn't signed Wayne Simmons, though, wouldn't yeah, it? Just... I'd, I'd, have, I'd have Jimmy Vesey on 900 grand over Wayne Simmons at 1.5, fucking twice on Sundays. But that's, I think he's, he's a handy enough player, isn't he? Obviously, he's never lived up to any kind of the hype that we've talked about before, but I think Jimmy Vesey for 900 grand, you'd be like, yeah, I'll take that. You know, you don't mind if he has to sit in the press box yeah. for... 25, 30 games of the year and just rotate him in and out. That'll do. That's what you want for 900 grand, isn't it? No, I mean, to, to be to be fair to him, he's, he's done pretty well since he's come into... For a four-year college, if you just look at him as a college free agent signing, he's done really well. Yeah, the, his problem was, as with many prospects, was the hype before he even fucking came in. Yeah. Yeah, there's all, all this talk of, oh, he's going to be fucking this, that and the other, you know, fucking Billy Big Bollocks or whatever. But, like, comparing to the average college free agent signing even even the big ones if every year he's done a, a darn side better than most of them have in a free agency signing that annoyed me on multiple levels Tyler Toffoli signed in Montreal <laughs> for fucking hell 
4.25 million for four years. I'm not happy with what? this deal, Will. I'm not happy. What's what's French for a pittance? <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. Like, that's that's crazy, isn't it? Like I was trying to say with, with Taylor Hall, like, you might not think that he's worth 8 million, 9 million, whatever it is, but, like, the market dictates that he is worth that much. Like, Fucking Tyler Tafoli, like yeah, I, I I think to an extent, if we're being realistic, he's probably a five million dollar player. But yeah, for, considering he's a UFA, still only twenty eight. Fucking a four point two five, and, he, and only, uh, only for that, four years as well. He's twenty eight. You think he'd be saying, "Well, I want I want six or seven because these, like, he's got to now try and find a deal when he's thirty two. And like you said before, that's not easy. No, definitely, especially where I think. He's been perfectly good since he left Los Angeles, but his his peak was in like thirteen, fourteen, or you know, fourteen, fifteen. Really, wasn't it? Like he's been on a bit of a bit of a downhill slope since at least like two thousand fifteen, sixteen, when he when he stopped. When funnily enough, when Jeff Carter stopped being particularly good, <laughs> funny that. But yeah, I, I still think he's a handy player, and for a for a top six winger to come out of UFA under thirty. For four point two five million on a short term deal, that's fucking absolute. It's mental. It's mental, isn't it? But but we all know what happened, don't we? He's in there, or he's on the Zoom call. Rather, he's not in there. He's on the Zoom call. Yeah, him and his agent, whoever his agent is, old uh, old Mark. Mark's on there, and so Tyler's like, right, I'd I'd quite like uh, six and a half for seven years, please, Mister Bergevin. And uh, Mark Bergevin just takes his blazer off. He's got his red polo shirt on. One one little little flex of that little bicep, and just a tiny little tear starts to appear in the sleeve. <laughs> and uh Tyler's <laughs> like, oh, well, what would you recommend, Mr. Bergevin? <laughs> I think I'm going to say that uh, Mark Bergevin just goes off camera, comes back with a giant... He's got like a welded... Uh, he's got like a, a piece of scaffolding pipe or something and just bends it into a knot <laughs> with brute strength. <laughs> and so it says, well, what would you like now? <laughs> so, so, uh, how about four years then? Oh. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Christ. Well, so it's like, Tyler's value says, oh, I quite like seven. Then Bergeron tears a phone book in half. Uh, six and a half, tears another one in half and just keeps going and going <laughs> and going. Just keeps doing feats of yeah, I could... <laughs> until it goes. He picks up a mini. <laughs> <laughs> five and a half crushes it into a cube and eats it <laughs> five and a half goes outside go, punches the loops <laughs> to death I'll take one year at Lee Miller never Mr. Bergeron oh no 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 you uh, respect yourself boy <laughs> I'll give you 4.25 come on now Tyler I'm not an arsehole huh? how about four years of 4.25 come on <laughs> okay thank you sir. it's, it's crazy, crazy that Montreal have gotten their their top line centre for 4.25 million it's fucking mental it's isn't mad it? isn't it it's mad do you know what? I'm gonna. I'm saying this right now. I am saying this right now. Every year we do our little prediction show. We have our sneaky, sneaky way outside bet. Mine is the Habs this year. Oh, I don't. I don't like the D enough. I do. That's I do. still. A, 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 what do you like about that D? It's better than you. think. What is there to possibly like? I think it's better than you think. I think it's better than you think. I think Mete and Petri especially are like really underrated. Really underrated. And like I, I rate. I rate. Jeff Petrie, but is 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 Victor Mete actually turned into a decent NHLer? Like, I, I know he's been in the league fucking four years now or something like that. Like, like I'm saying, I'm not. These aren't my slam dunks. These are my sneaky. No, 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 no. Know, yes. A team you're not expecting to make some noise maybe makes a bit of noise. Huh. maybe the Habs. The goalie thing is okay. It's you know you're spending 15 million quid on two goalies. I understand, but 
we saw what Corey Price, Carey Price could do with an actual break in between games. He was fucking unbelievable in the postseason. Kotkaniemi's got another year. Suzuki's got like Suzuki's like going to be all world at some point. He's fucking amazing player. And they've got, pretty legit, yeah. I mean, you're hoping that obviously you're hoping that Edmondson and Anderson. You've invested some money in those guys, and you're hoping that they can fit in and do well. But you know, like I say, they be my year. We'll talk about those more when we get to our little production show, the prediction show in about three months. But right now, well, yeah, whenever we have a rough idea of when when the league started, when the league might start. Yeah, yeah, I, I, th- I think I'll give I'll give you that line. Their top nine is is I was going to say lovely. Like it's, it's not lovely, but like it's decent. You've got three you've got three second lines there, haven't you? Which is which is not a bad thing. I just I just don't. Yeah, I, th- I think they'll make the playoffs probably. Yeah, I think they could. But, I think they could sneak into that three or four spot for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think I'd I think I'd firmly plant them in the four, and depending on what happens in Toronto, they could easily hop into the three, couldn't they? Yeah, clearly, God, Alex exciting. Petrangelo is a huge fan of the schools and the local amenities in Vegas. As after his visit there, he signed a seven-year deal at $8.8 million, leading to, and we may as well obviously put this in there now, leading to the Vancouver Canucks acquiring Nate Schmick for a third-round pick. Wait, which one do you want to do first, the, the signing or the trade? We'll, we'll go Petrangelo first. Let's do it. it. costs a lot of money, isn't it? <laughs> that is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's a fucking lot of... 8. 8.8 so you're going to be paying a 35 year old a 36 year old and a 37 year old 8.8 million against the cap like fucking hell I agree but like I said to you you gotta gotta spend money to make money then and he might not he might not you know there's a, there's a chance that he's 36 year old Joe Thornton he's 36 year old Zdeno Chara he's 35 yeah, yeah. year old Patrick Marlowe there is a chance even at 35, you're like, you know what, yeah, if we get five years out of this, fantastic. You know, last two years, yeah, fine. At that point, you probably, I mean, I don't know if Vegas will ever have to rebuild ever because they don't seem to ever have to do anything like that. They just seem to find players and, I don't know. I'll tell you, there must be some fucking unbelievable things happening in Vegas because as soon as players go there, just like, oh, God, yeah, why didn't I move here years ago? <laughs> this seems like the best place for me to live. It's mental, isn't it? I, I, they just I get whoever they, anybody they're linked with, they get. I'm, I've, I have, I get it. They're, they're only three years in, but in my entire time, in my entire time watching, talking, reading, listening about hockey, there is no team ever who have been linked with somebody and then they just get them. Vegas gets every single player they're linked with that they want. They just make it happen. It's mad. And like the quality of players that they bring in is like they are. They are bringing in and trading for players that teams haven't even thought about bringing it or trading for in this entire yeah. time, let alone all of them. Yeah, your Mark Stones, your Pacioretties, your, <laughs> your fucking Petrangelo's, like, and, and that's not even thinking about all the swindling they did at, um, at the expansion draft as well. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think th- this deal for Petrangelo reeks of the Golden Knights, like, but buying their own bullshit now. Do you know what I mean? Just like, Fuck it, this is what we do. Rules don't apply to us. Give a fucking shit. Just get him. Just fucking get him get him in. We'll work it out later. And and as much as you know, if I was building a team I'd be far too scared to do that sort of shit. Fucking fair play to him. <laughs> I, I love the bravado of just like fuck it, we'll work it out later. But, but because they're 
they're they're falling into the same old GM traps of like I only care about year one, fuck year five, six, and seven or whatever. But they're doing that for honest to god good players. <laughs> it's not like they've done that for fucking Todd Foley or whatever or whoever it might be. Yeah, they're not. They paying, really have. They're not over. They're not. I mean, okay, again, it's a lot of money for Petrangelo, but in a market like this, he is worth that money. He is. Yeah, absolutely. Stone is worth his money. He is. They're not, like you say, they're not giving Tyler to Foley seven years at nine million because they just want to get a free agent signing on in the books. No, mm. they're they're targeting players and they're getting really, really, really good players for it. And and this really does actually address their their last glaring need, I'd say, which was for a number one defenseman. Yeah, stud defenseman. Which is which is mental to think that a team that has been to to the final and like Dortmund just absolutely taking the league by storm. Oh, they finally fixed that problem. Oh, fuck you now. It's good to see that in year four of an expansion team, they've finally addressed their issue that hasn't won them a cup yet. <laughs> they, they, they have no problems and we're finished now. We're done. That's it. We're, we're ready. Done. Thank you. We're ready. That's it. All my trades are done. That's it. Which is fucking mad, isn't it? Imagine, I doubt they'll play together, but imagine a top top pair of Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo. Oh, <laughs> fucking Jesus Christ. Yeah, fucking scary. Fucking scary. Well, that's again, that's that, and that, that creates a beautiful problem for you that you can then run them out for 50 minutes on separate shifts, can't you, of the game? Like, you can do that. Yep. You, you, you one two punch on your first and second lines of D. Now we've got now we've got two really fucking good D men who can run the game for pretty much all of it. And I, I think like all due respect to Nate Schmidt, like he is a good player, but when you basically look at it as oh you've traded Nate Schmidt, you've swapped out Nate Schmidt for Alex Petrangelo at the cost of an extra three million in cap hit, that's not bad, is it? No, you you would do it. You would do it. You'd do it all day. You would do it oh, yeah. all day. Especially where, yeah, if they if they win a cup in the next three years, like perfect. And that's the thing, isn't it? That's the thing. I mean, I think, and we fall into this trap sometimes that GMs want to win. Who gives a shit if? Who gives a shit if, like, in the year twenty twenty five, if Vegas are sitting there looking at Mark Stone and Petrangelo and whoever, being like, oh fucking, hell, these contracts are fucking horrible. But if they've got one or two cups in the bank after not even being in the league for ten years. It's totally worth it. You want to win. That's the point. That's why they play the game. You know, it's, we get especially numbers and spreadsheets and all that sometimes. But that's why they're here. Absolutely, and, and especially as, as the Golden Knights are doing it the right way round. You know, like they're signing these contracts in order to win the cup. They're not falling into the pitfalls that, that the Kings did and the, and the Hawks did, and to some extent the Brewers did that. Where they've yeah. they signed the contracts after winning the cup because they won the cup. So, oh, well, thanks for winning this cup. Here's a fucking anchor that's gonna curse us in three years. Yeah. There, oh, mate. I just, I just can't. It's, <laughs> it's, it still shouldn't have worked. It shouldn't be working. <laughs> it should not be fucking happening. I just, I, I can't, I can't get it. Like the the Vegas Golden Knights break my brain as a sports fan. Absolutely, absolutely, and I still. Right. I still love the fucking revisionist history. Oh, it was the best expansion draft team to ever come out of an expansion draft. Yeah, because everybody was picking them to be perennial cup contenders, weren't they? Everybody was. Nobody was well, laughing I mean, at that team. Fuck e- me. Even if it's hindsight, they are still 
the best expansion team ever, and it was the best extra- expansion oh, yeah. draft ever. Just nobody. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd argue not even George McPhee knew it at the time. No, definitely not. Well, you said, there was yeah. a no. He had he had an interview like in the first season, and he said, "Yeah, I mean, we we've, we've overperformed." So this is why we're now because they went and got Ryan Reeves. You know, like they didn't like the fact they had no kind of toughness in the team. Right, we'll go get the, one of the toughest guys in the league then to come play with us, and that's where they did it because, yeah, like the goalposts have moved. Once the goalposts move, you've then got to address that situation. Like, holy shit, we might win a cup. Well, we're going to have to try and do our best to win a cup then. And and they've done it so well, so scarily yeah. well. If if I'm a if I'm a GM. Let's just turn this back into a podcast from fucking summer 2019 or whatever. But like, if I'm a GM in the league, I've got to be looking over at Vegas and thinking they're making an absolute mug out of me. Absolutely, absolutely. New new bloke on the on the job. You've been coasting along for years, not really doing anything, and suddenly this 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 person comes into your work and starts showing how it can be done if someone actually fucking tries. I'd be fucking pissed off, last David Paul, wouldn't you? <laughs> You know what it is? It's all the rumblings at school are there's a new kid coming from like, I don't know, a different city or something. And this new kid turns up and he's just like, it's like, say it's a lad and all the lads are just like, oh, what are you going to be like? And he turns up and he's just fucking gorgeous and all the girls love him and he's like, oh, you fucker. <laughs> like immediately, like, well, that's it. I'm not getting a girlfriend for the next couple of years because fucking the new kid's going to take all the women. <laughs> Shit. Or, or is that's it, what's happening. It's not even like, it's not like he's, you know, naturally gorgeous or like physically fit or anything like that like he just tries a bit harder like yeah he wears nice clothes he does his hair nicely puts deodorant on if we're talking about uh, <laughs> high school age kids yeah whereas all, whereas all the other GM kids are just fucking bumbling along like oh, hey do you want to go to the cinema <laughs> like, meanwhile this kid's just kind of you know he speaks a bit of French he travels a bit he's been around yeah, he's seen that. some things yeah, all the girls are like, oh, he's so well travelled. He's so worldly. He just, he's really cool, you know. <laughs> you just think, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what all the other GMs are like, aren't they? I mean, some like I've been looking at um, at Canucks Twitter the past the past few days. Oh my god, I thought Leafs Twitter was bad. Jesus fucking Christ, Canucks Twitter might be the best. It might be the best, dude. They are hammering Jim Benning, <laughs> like hammering him, and with and with good reason. I think. Uh, what, because of the Schmidt trade or, or what? Everything. The, the way he's handled the um, qualifying certain players, letting players go, the Markstrom deal, Toffoli as well. Because Toffoli, Toffoli said, I, I assumed I was just going to stay in Vancouver. Buyouts, contracts, you know, like guys like Beagle and all those guys. Man, <laughs> they like, they hate that guy with a thousand venoms. I mean, like, yeah, they absolutely should hate him for, for things he's done. But I think... To to hate on him for the Toffoli thing after he's then gone in and gotten Nate Schmidt, I think is unfair, personally. Well, they're they're just saying they're he's, just he's, saying that Nate Schmidt fell into his lap. It wasn't. It's not Jim Benning yeah, being proactive yeah, and like tracking him. It's just okay. Nate Schmidt wants to leave. He wants to leave and go to a team in the same division. Where can he fit? Okay, the Canucks. I'll do then. I guess. Yeah, but but then yeah, if you're coming at that angle, you could say that about almost any move for any GM. That's a fair point. That's a fair yeah, point. Yeah, you could. Like, it's. I, I think it's fair that I, I wouldn't rate Benning as a particularly good GM. No, and that's that's you know case in point with like you say your Beagles, your Roussels, even even your Furlands to an extent. But yeah, I think you've uh, you've got to give credit where credit's due. And by one way or another, he's he's not fallen into the trap of giving Tyler to too much money, and then subsequently getting rid of Bo Horvat. Uh, no, sorry, Brock Besser. 
as was the fear. And he's he's upgraded their D this summer, which is what they needed. So at not at not much of a cost. I don't yeah, they're not suddenly Titans of the Western Conference. But I don't I don't necessarily mind what they've done. I would just say that just head over to Canucks Twitter and take a look. And you'll, uh, yeah, you'll, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Else, mate, you'll have a good chuckle. You'll have a great chuckle at some of the takes on there. It's just fantastic. That's a cr- I, I, I mean, to be fair, let's there. not forget that after their team lost the cup final, they started a riot. So <laughs> I guess, like, the signs are there, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> who, who could have seen this coming? <laughs> who could have seen, who could have seen a fan base being crazy online after they were literally turning over cars and setting them on fire? <laughs> that's, that's the thing. If they were writing in the street protesting Benning, that'd be. More, more, you know, believable, more expected from this fan base. But well, uh, maybe not, maybe not to take to Twitter, yeah. Well, maybe they are, and it's just on. There's enough going on in the world that it's not making the uh, no not making it. the news. That's true. Speaking of upgrading D, Joe Sakic was at his fucking mind games again. <sighs> fucking, I just, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. It seems there are three or four competent GMs, and we only spoke about his ability to get trades done and, and that kind of thing on the last episode. And he, he acquires Devin Taves from the New York Islanders for two second rounders. Devin Taves, who I think is a, a fantastic player. I think he's really good. And I just, their top four now is going to be Devin Taves, Kel McCarr, maybe Boren Byram. Uh, Sam Gerard. Oh yeah, there you go. That's a decent... Yeah, they've... You take, you take Devin Taves over Nikita Zadorov, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. And I, and I like I like Nikita Zadorov. Like. Yeah. Then you've then you've still got that's that's ignoring you know, obviously Eric Johnson isn't a superstar anymore, but then you've still got Eric Johnson, Ian Cole, Brian Graves. Who's the who's the other one? Um that's meant to be decent. Connor Timmins as well, another young D that's that's meant to be breaking oh, through yeah. like that. Oh, they I fucking I forgot maybe fucking hell. <laughs> it's, it's fucking piss take really, isn't it? It is that I've said I've said before that the narrative is always is that GMs don't make trades. They do. Trades happen all the time. We just, for some reason, we just have this in our head that, oh, like no GMs will ever make a trade. Some of them do, and some of them are really good at it. Obviously, Joe Sackett being one of them. I think, I think the problem is it's not enough of them, and there's there aren't enough like big trades, and they're not routine enough. I don't, I don't, I don't think we can wholeheartedly you know, sort of honestly say that the NHL is, is an active tip league when it comes to trades at all True. but yeah you're, you're right you're right to say that some people are out there fucking working aren't they yeah exactly the affirmation yeah, Vegas Golden Knights for Colorado to throw out two second rounders for Devin Taves perfect Similar, similarly to Vegas like they're not going to need they're not going to need those two second rounders for the next couple of years are they no exactly because of, because of what they've already got in the system so with those yeah, two exa- yeah, exactly. you're hoping to pick up a Sam Gerrard type or a Kale McCart. Well, not maybe not Kale McCart. He's way too good, but a Samuel Gerrard but yeah, so, you know, like that. You've already got him, so you don't need them. That's the point. That's that's why you know they don't need those. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and they're in theory going to go going to be so good that there'll be low second rounders anyway. So who who gives the monkeys? Yeah, fantastic bit of business from from Mister Sakic. He's just got to um got to sign the kid now, but. They've still got six mil in, in space. What what that works out as as real money is another question. But they've still got some some money they could move out if needs be. So I've just lost their page. Who am I thinking of? Yeah, they've got they've got a few players that you could get rid of that you know 
they're overpaid by your standards, but I think they're still earning a low enough hit that the teams would take them on. Like like your Ian Coles at four point two five, see JT Comfers at three and a half, Eunice Donskoy at three point nine. Obviously you don't want to get rid of everybody, but even but yeah, you need to be one of those players you can do it, can't you? It's not Yeah, they they haven't got any they haven't got lots of contracts that I'd call an anchor. They're perfectly movable high cap hit contracts. Yeah, I would say they haven't I would say they haven't got any. Because the the cap hits are all so low. Like I said, <laughs> we've said a billion times their best their top paid player makes three million dollars more than Nathan McKinnon, and everyone else is underneath that. So if you can do that, yeah, it, you're going to find it quite easy to assign players and then get them under your cap, aren't you? Absolutely. I, th- I think the two that I'd highlight as not immovable, but ones that would be harder to move, would be Eric Johnson at six for another three years, and then Matt Calvert at two point eight five. But like we said, and, you know, they're not they're not terrible, are they? I, th- I think they'll be all right. Yeah, I think they'll be okay. I did like. Oh, that was it. <laughs> Unfortunately, the uh, the stench of the Sens has already found its way <laughs> to uh, to Tim Stutzel as he breaks his arm and is requiring an operation. I'm not going to say because I don't want to say this that. Is this going to be one of those things where in five years we're going to say, I mean, of course it didn't work out for the kid. He broke his arm after like being on the sense for three days. What do you expect? Of course his career was doomed. I don't want that to be the case. I really don't because I want to see this kid play well and do well. But man, like, <laughs> if it, was so, it wasn't so obvious, it would be terrifying. But of course something like this was going to happen straight away. The, the scary thing is, is Tim Stutzler hasn't even signed... A uh, contract yet? <laughs> That's a good he's point. Not, I, I didn't think of that. That's a good point. He's not even technically a uh, an Ottawa senator yet, and he's already somehow absorbed the curse. I, I thought it would have come from you know senator's letterheaded paper that would have had his contract on that was faxed over, but just by touching, because he, did he wear a? He, he must have worn a jersey or a hat or something on draft oh, night. Yeah, he must have done. And that that probably did it. That did it. God, speaking of jerseys, we haven't fucking spoken about the new centers jerseys, have we? No, because I like them. I really like oh, them. Oh, you... Wrong. Wrong, wrong, <laughs> They're wrong. really nice. They're really nice. I love them. I don't, I don't think they're horrible. I, I just think they're boring as sin. I like the white one. The white one's pretty naughty. But, um... Crikey Moses, yeah. The black one's just fucking dire. Do you know what? On my hockey jersey, I don't want a fucking ton of bells and whistles. Just give me two simple colours with a, a tiny bit of a third colour. That's all I want. That's all I want. Yeah, that yeah, that's... Look. And the black one is... <laughs> the black one's the one I like the most. I just... like the, Again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, what, another fucking black team? Another black and red team? What, what, are, we, what are we doing here? Well, yeah, because I know, black I is the colour of being metal, Will, and hard and tough. So you need yeah. black on your jersey. And nothing wrong with a, a little bit of black. In, in a way, if it was reversed and you had a bit more gold on there, sign me up. Like if it was red with black stripes rather than black with red stripes. It's just so fucking boring. I like it. I prefer to call it classic than boring. No, because it doesn't, it doesn't even look like a classic jersey, I don't think. If they'd have just gone back to straight up what they had in, in like 2006 or whatever it was, that was a much better jersey because that that was black and red, but it had that that like gold striping around it as well, which was much more interesting. 
Anyway, quickly, <laughs> anyway, quickly on the sends. Quickly on the sends. Did you see that? You know that story we talked about with Melnick, and he was meant to be allegedly sort of taking money from his charity and stuff. Have you seen that he's su- he's suing the uh, the guy who wrote the article? He's, he's yeah, suing a journalist for five hundred grand. That's <laughs> a bad, buddy, buddy. You're 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 apparently a uh, a millionaire. I've heard. Billionaire, some oh, would I've, say. I've heard, yes, yeah, some would say maybe some quarters a billionaire. And and you're suing a user for five hundred grand over over a, an allegedly libelous uh newspaper article like fucking hell mate, get a get a hobby. De- it definitely doesn't the fucking lawsuits going. Doesn't worry you, does it? The owner of your hockey team is <laughs> suing journalists <laughs> for what's a, what is a relatively meagre amount in the circumstances. I mean, I guess he has to do something because if you're accused of stealing from a charity, that's pretty, that's a pretty fucking big accusation. That's that's really, really greasy, isn't it? Like to steal from a charity. So I mean, I guess you can't really just let that go, can you? You got to try and clear your name. But I think, to an extent, like it, yeah, in, in normal circumstances, if I if I suddenly just turn around and say. I mean, you know, any any average rich person, David Beckham has been stealing from a fucking charity. Then yeah, David Beckham has every right to sue me. This is this is money grabbing Melnick we're talking about here. Like you've got like like with Hall going to the Sabers, you've got to consider the other factors at play in the history and the situation you're already in. Like Eugene Melnick specifically (laughs) suing somebody. So it just doesn't look good, does it? Two things about two things about that. I like the idea that in this scenario, the Sabres are a charity, and Taylor Hall is openly stealing from them. <laughs> and then, and then, second, I'm hoping that Melnick wins this, and all of a sudden, one of his players can get a half a million dollar bump on his contract because <laughs> suddenly he's got the extra cash to do it. <laughs> no, they're going to be able to sign one more player at league minimum. It's all right. I'll pony up <laughs> my winnings at an extra yeah. two hundred grand. <laughs> let, let, let the judge is gonna go like that like okay case the, the case is uh, sorted uh, we find in favor of you mr melnick the journalist or whatever will be it will be forced to pay you half a million dollars melnick immediately picks up his phone to like brady kachuk's agent we can offer him an extra half million dollars if you'd like <laughs> no, no. Come into a bit of cash <laughs> he'll, he'll stand up in the docket after the after the rule is given turn around and two blokes in leather jackets will stand up, there'll be a knowing nod and the blokes in leather jackets will walk out. <laughs> By the end of the day, Mr. Melnick. Allegedly. 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 This is just satire. That's all we're doing, people. It's just satire. <laughs> I, 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 wish, I wish Eugene wasn't so like... I, I wish he was closer to like Gil on The Simpsons than he was to Mr. Burns. Like... <laughs> Because there are so many elements of him that's like he pathetic. He is to Gil on the Simpsons. What are you talking about? Yeah, but it's like if Gil was fucking evil. If Gil was like, you know, still bumbling Gil, but then he's like harvesting, harvesting organs and shit. And like, I want him to be a lovable shyster, yeah, not, not an evil shyster. I don't think he's. I don't think he's pure evil though, is he? Because he still does things that are bumbling and stupid. Yeah, but you like said before, like stupidity does not negate. Convince a consortium. Trying to convince a consortium of where you're going to play hockey to rent it to you for a dollar a year. <laughs> like, that's not evil. That's just bumbling goof. He's like a hired goof. <laughs> Man, maybe it's just that millionaire stench on him, isn't it? 
Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. The last thing I wanted to mention was that the two most notable players for me that are still on the board are Evgeny, Evgeny, Christ, Evgeny Dadanov and Mike Hoffman, who were the two sort of uh, highest points getters that we mentioned the other, the, the other episode that are still out there and still available to get. And you mentioned something to me that I had totally forgotten about. And I was wondering, is there a reason that we're not particularly kind of wanting to talk about as to why Mike Hoffman's still on the board, if you know what I'm getting at? Do, do people remember that Mike Hoffman is is linked with a fucking psycho? <laughs> are they still together? It's not... Who is it? It's, I think so. I think so. What's her, what's her name? Megan? I'm sure. Megan something. I'm sure there was a lawsuit involving involving that. Hang on. Monica oh, Carrick. I'm confused with the fucking Colleen Rooney and Rebecca Vardy deal. <laughs> it came from Which there is a Monica Carrick's phone. Is fucking hell. I think I think you. Nah, I, I don't think NHL GMs are scrupulous enough to to worry about that. You reckon? It is a little bit different to your average nasty piece of work in the league, isn't it? Because that yeah. that had more of a direct impact on, on the rest of the locker room, didn't it? It's not just, oh, he's had, sure. he's had an affair or he's beating up a homeless person or whatever. It's all, oh, he, his missus was nasty to one of the other wives. That's that's more of a problem. But I don't... I wonder, if whatever, I wonder if whatever contract he signs... This is a genuine thing. I wonder if whatever contract he signs is going to have something in it where... You know, his wife isn't allowed on social media or something oh like that. Do you, know the, you know when Luis Suarez signed for Barcelona? He had, like, a clause in his contract that if he bit anybody, it would be null and voided, and he would owe Barcelona, like, $100 million. Oh, my fucking God. Yes. Because they hadn't... They could oh, of not course it, of course it did. They couldn't guarantee that he would... Because he'd done it, like, three times. That was, the, like, that, was that beautiful summer. Look, can we just pause on... Oh, it was, was he Uruguay, Italy? Where yeah, it, well, he did it when he played for Ajax as well. So he'd done it years before. It wasn't just like it was like in the space of one year. He'd been he'd been biting people for years. <laughs> no, I'm thinking wasn't wasn't there a game where he bit somebody and then he had that thing where he um, cleared a cleared a cleared a ball off the line with a handball. I don't think that was the same game though. No, not the same game. That's, yeah, no, that's bit, yeah, I'm sure he bit. Um, I'm sure he bit Giorgio Chiellini, wasn't it? I'm yeah, sure oh, he definitely, he definitely, and then he bit definitely did when he played for Liverpool and played at Chelsea, and he bit Ivanovic, and he bit someone when he played for Ajax as well. So yeah, you're gonna have to have that in his contract. <laughs> like you can't bite anybody, or we're gonna basically bankrupt you. So like, <laughs> maybe that's the thing with Mike Kaufman. Like, this is asked to delete all her social media accounts, or you're not getting signed. Sorry, dude, I, we can't trust it. I, th- I think the slight difference. <laughs> Between Mike Hoffman and Luis Suarez, <laughs> which I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we're, comparison. I'm glad we're making the difference. Is it can, oh, yeah. can you sign a contract with a stipulation that someone else doesn't do something? Because surely then you're signing like Monica Carrick to that contract. Yeah, I think you can. If you, I can, if you're intrinsically linked to them, if it's your long-term girlfriend or your wife or something like that, I reckon you could, for sure. But I think if I'm, well, if I'm Mike Hoffman. And some team is like, look, yeah, you, we'll sign you, but you have to sign this clause that your your wife or girlfriend, whatever she is, is yeah, you know, stays off uh, off of social media. I'll I'll turn around and say, no, my 
my other half can cyber bully whoever the fuck she wants. That's nothing to do with me. Like, <laughs> to be fair, if Mike Hoffman's missus is capable of that, she's capable of murdering Mike Hoffman. So he wouldn't dare sign it, would he? Because he'd have to go in and tell her. <laughs> and and there's no like allegedly, 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 allegedly. Because I don't know, she could have better accounts or whatever. There'd be there'd be no. There wouldn't necessarily be a way of enforcing that in a contract. <laughs> Mike, yeah, you, uh, you're on social media. No, of course not, boss. Really? Who's this Hike Mothman character there? <laughs> Hike Mothman, 86. Uh, <laughs> not me, mate. It's, I'm 68. Come on. Yeah, come on. It's probably, it's it's probably close to me. It's probably Nikita Kucherov, isn't it? He wears 86. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. <laughs> I think... I think Dadanov's an interesting one because I love, love me a bit of Evgeny Dadanov. Fucking fantastic yeah, player. But but he's 31, isn't he? He's 31. He's only been over here again for a couple of years, hasn't he? What, three years? I don't... Over here. All right, Tommy Robinson, calm down. Over here. He's only been over here for... Uh, he hasn't been paying his national insurance. That's another thing. He's <laughs> been over here taking Canadian boys' jobs for the past few years. Fucking fire him into a into a cannon mate <laughs> yeah i i reckon I, I would be nervous about signing him more long term just because i don't think he's gonna hold up to it i think we've seen the best of of dadnov in the league um there, there are a couple of other they're probably looking for longer term deals and teams are just saying yeah we just can't do that nah, de- definitely not mate i think if you got if you got Tyler Tifoli money that'd be mental wouldn't it for him I don't know. I think I think four like four point two for, like you say. I mean, I think there's plenty of players who are in that kind of ballpark. That that's yeah, that's I think that's about right. Yeah, but but then it's the other extenuating circumstances around it. Like if this was if this was last year and he signed a four year extension of four point two five for the Panthers, he's doing perfect, great, great bit of business. But now, with uncertainty around income and especially given his age. And the type of player he is, yeah, I wouldn't be comfortable signing him. Four billet, four two five, yeah, four years, uh, sorry, yeah, four years. Yeah, there are a couple that's of more interesting point. players on on the list. So you've got, I didn't realise, um, Alex Galchenyuk's uh, a UFA this year. That's pretty oh, crazy, really? isn't it? God. That's mad. And then you've got like Savvy Vatanen still out there. I think he's a handy player. Uh, obviously, Granlund's out there still. And then you got a, a few other weird ones like, um, yeah, on the goalie market, Corey Schneider. Uh, Anderson. Oh wait, no Schneider. Hasn't Schneider gone to the Islanders? Uh, I don't know. There's nothing on Cap Friendly saying that there's an unconfirmed contract or anything. So I'm going to say no. Oh, yeah, I am sure I read that on Twitter yesterday. Anyway, never mind. Maybe I, maybe it was a. Um, let's let's pretend. Let's pretend it isn't. And there are still so many. It's it's just like we thought would happen, where there are so many name brand players. That's still on side. Like Anthony Duclair's still on the list, which is yeah. which is mental. Um, Eric Howler still out there. Eric Howler, Derek Brassard, fucking loads. Of, Dominic Cahoon didn't get qualified, and he's a uh, he's still a free agent. Like it's still early days because we're what less than a week into free agency. But yes, yeah, it's, it's it's just like we thought, where there's a bunch of players that you know and have heard of who, under normal circumstances, would have easily been snapped up by now. All right, there we go. Thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this little afternoon delight update <laughs> from uh, from me. Well, get out. All right, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening, folks. Well, any last words? 
uh, no, I think we're going to go and enjoy some lunch, which is uh, a novelty. Yeah, it's a novelty that I'm still recording this and we're editing this when the, when it's still daylight. That's very weird. You're not going to be falling asleep on your keyboard. Oh, <laughs> if, only, if only people knew how true that was. <laughs> fucking oh, brave, oh, brave new world, mate. Brave new world. All right, folks. We'll talk to you next week. See you later. Peace.